0: Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. This episode is sponsored by R.W. Knutsen Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice, a welcome addition to anyone's sleep routine. Pace case. If you know me, and you do,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: you know that I'm working all hours of the day, all hours of the night. Mm -hmm. So the sleep that I do get has to be very good sleep. And I'm always looking for ways to up my sleep routine. Sometimes I'll read a book to go to sleep. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I'll- That one Bachelor? uh, That book keeps me very awake. It's very engaging. That never puts me to sleep. I will sometimes just put down my cell phone after a long day of looking at a screen. It's nice to get some time away from the screen. I also will incorporate some R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice. It truly makes you go to sleep a little easier. It's the thing you need to help you drift off into the dreamland.
1: mm. It's all got to go now.
0: Well, this ad actually is kind of about that Pace case. Everybody knows MeUndies <laughs> makes great underwear; it's in the name, MeUndies. But it's not just about underwear. You can explore the Lounge collection, featuring comfy joggers, hoodies, onesies, and a whole bunch more. And their Move Me activewear collection is the softest activewear on the market. There's no doubt about it. Right now, you can get twenty percent off your first order plus free shipping at meundiescom roses. That's MeUndies.com slash roses for 20% off plus free shipping. MeUndies, comfort from the outside in. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome, Welcome to the, the Game of Roses. This is the Game of Roses. Welcome to the, the Game of Roses.
1: Being an adult is really hard, okay? Yeah. I went to Home Depot the other day, and I was buying paint for my wall,
0: it's just white, just simple white paint. You would be surprised how many shades of white there are. So many whites, like how do you pick the right white? And then I thought,
1: this is probably what the uh, producers of The Bachelor feel like, when they think
0: not it. Diversity!
1: Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case.
0: This is Bachelor Clues 2023. We did it, Pace Case.
1: Woohoo!
0: We made it to another arbitrary measurement of time, which does not actually exist. But we all agree this is the year 2023 now. Moving forward into it.
1: Wasn't it 2023 in Tuesday's episode two?
0: Yes, it was. Or so we said. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> How can we really trust time uh, when it doesn't exist? We can't. That's the real answer.
1: Happy 2023, everyone.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we are here today on what all of us seem to agree is January 5th, 2023. That is the day we are recording this. I don't know.
1: What is going on?
0: I just always get like weird vibes around the new year because I know time doesn't exist. And I know that you know, the in quotes calendar that we all agree upon is pretty much arbitrary.
1: I agree. I think it should be around the menstrual cycle.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's a new year every 30 days or so. I like that.
1: Isn't everyone else thinking that? (laughs) Yeah,
0: probably. Well, however you're celebrating the new year or whatever you consider a year to be, we are back with our first twibbon of this year. We're going to be talking about all that yes. Bachelor Nation news. We're going to be talking about all those screams from the pit. We're going to be talking about all those parasocial plays, those parasocial creatures, all kinds of stuff. What we're watching, we're going to be talking about. Mm-hmm. And of course, we're going to be talking about the state of the game. But before we get to any of that, we do have a little bit of business.
1: Burr. It's cold out there. There's an icy river or something being hurled at California right now. I don't know. There's no better way, though, to keep your head warm than in a stylish gore beanie now available at GameOfRoses.co. We have a lot of stuff in the store right now. You can still get a Gornament, you know, if you miss if you want a Gornament for your tree that's still up or your tree for next year or your menorah.
0: I got a Gornament that just arrived in my mailbox a week ago, maybe. It also has a magnet on the back, and I've fixed it to my refrigerator.
1: Oh my god! It's all seasons. We've also we got the pit sweatshirt in there. The sauce wars T-shirt still available. The Gore logo hat. If you you know want something maybe to look forward to the sunshine, welcome to the pit crew neck is still there. The pit poster, our green tote, our logo mug, and our logo shirt. All of these things at GameOfRoses.co. What a a beautiful cornucopia.
0: You can live that gore life. I was watching one of those New Year's Eve things. I think it was the one with Miley Cyrus. And they had Ray Shremard on there. And they were saying Shrum Life.
1: Who is Shrum?
0: Ray Shremard. They were big maybe like 2018, maybe 17. They had a song called Black Beatles that was huge. Anyway, Shrum Life, gore life, whatever you like to lead. We hope that you do it in some beautiful Game of Roses apparel. We also wanted to just say up top, thanks to everybody who joined us for our first annual Parasocial Play of the Year Awards live on the Game of Roses YouTube channel that we did a few weeks ago. We couldn't have done it without all of the votes of everyone in the pit who was there casting their votes at every level of the bracket. Some
1: tight races.
0: Absolutely. The tightest of the races uh, was perhaps between the two finalists in the last level of the bracket Tino's father ultimately took second place (laughs) with his own official tell-all list of opinions and clarifications uh, via Facebook, including factoids like him being a gentleman's 5'6", not a vampire family, things of this nature. You'll remember if uh, you listen to our original parasocial play of the week that we gave him. I don't even remember when that was. Toward the end of Rachel Recchia and Gabby Wendy's season. The 2022 Parasocial Play of the Year Award right now goes to Becca Tilly and Haley Kioko for Kiyoko's For the Girls music video.
1: In this three minute and five second video, Kiyoko cast herself as the Bachelorette in a fantasy alternate universe, one in which the Bachelorette is queer, including size inclusive, diverse players, limo exits like my favorite, the U-Haul Grandy. Fireside, mini dates, steals, kisses, a multicolored rose, rose ceremony, and finally, a night one curveball. The late arrival, pan- we pan up to the veteran on her third tour, Becca Tilly, in this golden dress. The video now has 3.8 million views and 69K likes on YouTube. Insane production quality. It looks better than 99% of all Bachelor parodies. Congrats to Kyoko and Tilly on this astonishing achievement. We look forward to all entries into the 2023 Parasocial Play of the Year Awards, a.k.a. the Potties. How do you feel (laughs) about that? I don't know. (laughs) Okay. We all of Gore wasn't maybe on board with that nickname. Thank you to Dark Seeker, aka Grayson Parks, for setting up this year's bracket and live stream.
0: Yeah, it was so much fun to do.
1: It was very fun.
0: Uh, I loved getting to see people's reactions real time, seeing all those votes coming in, and seeing that our prediction for who the winner was going to be was 100% accurate as always. But thanks again to everybody who joined us for that.
1: And, you know, maybe some strategies for this year. Baylock Kai kind of split his vote a little bit, you know, too many entries.
0: That is true. But now let's move on to the beginning of our program where we talk about the nature of our beloved game. This is Game of of Roses. Roses. State of the game. I've been doing a little bit of work in our off-season, researching, reading, looking at statistics, looking at timelines. And I've become very aware of something that has existed really since the dawn of Bachelor, but it's something that we haven't really talked about. I want to bring to your attention something that I'm calling a Bachelor cycle. Now, this is basically just a year. It's basically just a calendar year. Okay, but I'm calling it a cycle.
1: It's basically just 12 menstrual cycles stacked (laughs) on top of each other. (laughs) That's
0: right. It's like a dozen, but we're calling it a bachelor cycle.
1: We're both into cycles.
0: Yeah, everybody loves cycles. And we're no different here in Bachelor Nation, of course. A cycle is basically this. It's bachelor, bachelorette, bachelor in paradise. In some other alternative seasons, you can also have... Uh, Listen to Your Heart, A Winter Game, something like this thrown in. And in some strange seasons, like in the 2021 cycle, for example, you have two Bachelorette seasons in the same cycle. But for me, as I was doing some research, working on a very important project, I assure you, you'll be hearing about in Screams from the Pit, I started to (laughs) really think about like uh, each year as it kind of represents an evolution of where the game goes and potentially um, it's the culmination of all the cycles before it, how we've gotten to that point. And we've been through what I think are two of the hardest fucking cycles as a fan of this show that we've ever, ever experienced in uh, 2021 and 2022. And obviously 2021, uh, it was mired with a lot of shit that was out of the control of the producers, namely COVID-19. That season, the 2021 cycle... Opened with uh, Matt James, season twenty-five, and it was coming out of Bachelor at sixteen, which was the fractured season, the first bubble season, which had Claire Crawley leaving in episode four with Dale Moss after falling in love with him on Instagram, proving that social media essentially had the power to destroy the the fundamental foundation of the game, and that's where it all kind of started for for me anyway, taking this turn toward kind of misery. Toward uh, producers, <laughs> you know, openly fucking with players and the format of the game to such a heavy handed degree that you mm-hmm. had players actively trying to escape the show every goddamn season.
1: You think the control came out of COVID?
0: Um, yes. Well, I think it came out of COVID, but I also think it, it was because of 16. I think when the producers said, holy fuck. Claire Crawley was looking at Dale Moss on Instagram, fell in love with him. And now the whole season is rendered null and void. And we got to bring in Tayshia Adams to salvage whatever we got left of this. They were like, we can never let that happen again. We have to control social media the way it's used, et cetera, et cetera. And I think they were already kind of pissed off at social media uh, starting way back in season 10 of The Bachelorette when Andy Dorfman started making money off of it. And they were like, hang on a second we control this. We're the ones who give you the fame. You shouldn't be able to get anything that's outside the show from it. I think that started to piss them off a little bit. But I just wanted to to bring to light these past two cycles. The 2021 cycle, which opened with the biggest racism scandal in the history of the show that got Harrison fired and you know threatened almost to destroy the whole show. That's a big one. <laughs> <laughs> Very big one. And then their decision to follow that up with um, Bachelorette 17 and 18 in the same year that was katie thurston and michelle young katie thurston's ended with her wanting to escape the show and getting in fights with people justin glaze getting disappeared completely
1: from the fucking doc my flight home
0: exactly and although you know I, I think michelle Young's season ended better she got uh engaged to nate okoya they got two hundred thousand dollars all that shit was great mm-hmm. we still had that bachelor in paradise season seven In that same year, which was the season of the protected podcast hosts, which showed us that the format is a lie, that if they want to build a narrative for somebody, they can just make that happen. And if you go against the narrative, they're going to kick you off the show. And it became harder to believe that the producers were like in it to help anybody find love that wasn't already pre-scripted. But again, this is the bubble seasons. I cut the producer some slack because it's like Mm
1: -hmm.
0: COVID fucked them on how they had to produce that. I mean, shit, that first La Quinta season in uh 2020 with Claire Crawley. The
1: staircase.
0: The staircase, all that shit. The production value was terrible. And it it got a little better for Matt James. But that cycle was a rough one. <laughs> the cardboard taxi cab. <laughs> oh, fuck. Zach Clark. Poor Zach Clark. And every, it was 100,000 <laughs> degrees. Everybody's just pouring sweat constantly. Yeah, it was not a yes. good one. But then 2022 came around. Uh, And that was the first cycle out of the bubble seasons. They had full international travel again. They were no longer hampered by the pandemic.
1: Back at the mansion.
0: But it was also a hard one because I think that the producers were like still on that that idea of we have to control social media. We have to control these players. And when they announced Clayton Eckert as the next Bachelor season 26 Bachelor, no one liked it because he didn't get a lot of screen time in Michelle Young's season. We didn't really know who he was. And their first thing that they did was they made they introduced Clayton Ecker by making him sit down and read derogatory tweets about himself on after the final rose of Michelle Young's season.
1: You know, the bachelor.
0: <laughs> yeah, the bachelor. The guy we all love to hate. And that idea that he was going to be vilified or at least made a fool, even before his season aired, was just put front and center. So you knew the 2022 cycle was going to be fucked from the beginning and it was we watched then as they just kicked him in the balls again and again we saw the rose ceremony from hell that led into bachelorette uh 19 the dual leads everybody getting half the screen time forcing rachel recchia into nervous breakdowns gabby Windy then gets a million instagram followers recchia does not she gets dancing with the stars
1: some of the people may or may not get covid
0: <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> um but that was a hard season for all of us to watch and all of us to get through, and that led to BIP 8, which was arguably the most tears I think we've ever seen in a a single season of Bachelor, Bachelorette, or BIP. I mean, it was a, a group nervous breakdown when Rodney Matthews left, and they, they did the Casa Amor ripoff from Love Island.
1: Yes. The Casa Amor ripoff... <laughs> They didn't execute very well. It ended up with just misery at the estates. All of the women crying in Chez lounges as the men try to get their attention from the pool. Uh, but look, we've been through some rough times together here. <laughs> we and, and this is America. You know, that is it is a it's not an end destination. It's a process.
0: <laughs> yes, I agree.
1: And as we begin this new year, we begin this new cycle. What can we expect from Zach Shaw across this season? So far, we have seen they have hired Sean Lowe to anoint him with the the holy scrubbing in the shower. They have given us this Mr. 4TRR trailer, which at least makes it look like, hey, look at this guy. Wink, wink. Maybe you want sex
0: with him. Oh, Jesus, that's what they're going for.
1: I I felt like that was the vibe. They also have the tr- tears trailer. That's a classic. Like mm-hmm. tis the season for women to be crying. And but he is another bachelor that we know very little about. What do we know about him? He his father made him watch airplanes as a child, and he has a famous MAGA uncle.
0: Yeah, and we also know that he said something in Rachel Recchia's fantasy suite that made her change her opinion of him literally overnight. The I believe the excuse she issued that they they were age inappropriate for one another despite the fact that they're less than a year apart, I don't think that was the, the actual reason why she no longer seemingly even wanted to fucking talk to him the next morning. That scene after that fantasy suite was one of the most awkward fucking scenes <laughs> to watch that I've ever fucking seen in the history of this show. So we don't really know what was what was said there you know we have some ideas but at this point they're only conjecture and as you know this is a a factual news program so I will not issue my conjecture here but I think we all know what I'm talking about (laughs) (laughs) because I've talked about it before on this very program
1: (laughs) okay well how are we feeling I would say the game of roses the vibe over here is cautiously optimistic about season 27 We have, I think we're hopefully going to be able to talk to two black girls, one Rose next week. They have decided that they are not going to be focusing on Bachelor as much. Uh, We are seeing some, you know, some people are losing their, losing their interest in our beloved game. But, uh, you know, this week we posted all of the new players for season 27. I saw their little pictures. I saw their little bios and I got that itch. I felt the excitement. I I really do feel like January is the time I feel the most excited about this franchise. We're going into a new Bachelor season. I feel like there's hope in the air. We're back to a single lead. Love that. Didn't know how much I appreciated that before.
0: (laughs) Don't know what you got till it's gone. Listen, I couldn't agree with you more. We've said all this stuff about the past two years being brutal, and they were. There's no disputing that. These were hard fucking seasons to get through. Even that 2021 season, just the sheer tonnage of stuff. There was not an off season. It was bachelor, bachelorette, Mm -hmm. bachelor of paradise, bachelorette. There was like a week or two. Yeah.
1: Burnt out by quantity and quality.
0: Exactly. But I can't agree with you more. Those fucking rookies (laughs) drop. And guess what? All that shit goes away. I am right back in it.
1: It doesn't all go away, but yes.
0: It does for me. I mean, it doesn't go away. I understand the history of the game and, and the problematic elements of it being complicit. We talk about that a lot. Every, anybody who watches this show with even a fucking 1% of a critical lens understands there's some very problematic shit in this franchise, but we watch it with the hope that those things will change. And we talk mm-hmm. about it, specifically with the hope that maybe talking about it will help promote that change. Yeah. And... You know, I'm I'm always optimistic. Every cycle that begins anew. I am, as you said, cautiously optimistic. But <laughs> I always call you
1: optimistic clues. He's always like, Pace Case, but you're not seeing the silver lining here. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's usually what I can be found saying in any given situation. The
1: friendships we made along the way. He Clues is always saying that to me.
0: Totally. It's about the journey, not the destination. Didn't you just say that of our very own country and our nation, the Bachelor Nation? But no, I mean, I I am excited as I always am for a new season. And as I've begun coaching players who have now played in multiple seasons of our beloved game, I have a a new level of excitement for that to see, you know, what can be done with our strategies. Um, And that'll be fun to watch. But overall, I'm just excited to have it back again, to have a new cycle starting up, to have Monday nights once again become those nights where you fucking get hyped up and you're like, oh shit, what's going to happen tonight? Those limo exits are fucking coming up. I love the limo exits. I love the night one curveball. Who's going to get your fimp? All that shit. Who's going to get the first kiss? How is any of it going to be presented? Who are going to be celebrity guest hosts? All of these fucking things. I can't wait for them. And whatever may happen, and Zach Shaw across the season, even like when shit was going down bad in Matt James this season or Clayton Eckert's season, I still fucking love the game and I can't ever get away from that. I don't think there's something this show could do that would be that I'd be like, I have to stop watching now. I just have to keep <laughs> watching it and hoping that that it gets better. And I think that at least after these two years. The producers must feel that they must feel like fuck. Let's make this fun again, because I can't imagine they're having fun doing this shit.
1: It feels like they're trying. It feels like I felt like there was an attempt in this in this Cross trailer. They're they're trying. I see a
0: try, but try is not succeed. We shall see if they can do that. Come January twenty third, it all begins again. And then also, I love looking for the next Bachelorette. That is one of the most fun games to play in a new season of The Bachelor is who's coming out of this as the next crown.
1: And we will make our predictions about that. Next Tuesday will be our Instagram breakdown of all Instagram and TikTok, all social media. We're going to break these down. I mean, I just, I couldn't help but do, you know, a quick, quick glance through the faces and uh, all bright eyed and bushy tailed. Mm -hmm. Who knows? Who among them is going to be a star? I I mean, one person has two names. Christina Mandrell, Nashville Slider. Nice. Anyway, yes, we will do that in a week and a half.
0: But to sum up, what is the state of the game right now? We have come out of two of, I think, the darkest years in the history of the show. And I think we're all ready for that to end and to have a little bit more fun with this show. I think the producers are in that same camp. And I... You say cautiously optimistic. I'm just going to go full-blown optimistic. I'm optimistic that this season is going to be Ooh, fucking great.
1: What is happening? You're glowing.
0: I just feel like the producers get it again.
1: Okay, I'll be optimistic too.
0: I mean, shit. I know it may not seem like much. That Sean Lowe thing, it may seem like a simple parlor trick. Bring in the golden boy. Have him rub this motherfucker's abs down with a scrubber in the in the shower. But guess what?
1: Classic parlor trick. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it is, because it's it's like it's surface. Sean Lowe doesn't fucking know Zach Shawcross. They don't have a relationship beyond what the producers are paying him to do. But at least they're doing that. They didn't fucking do that with Eckerd.
1: Yeah. Did they even have a Council of Crowns with Eckerd?
0: I'm sure they did. Who it was, I don't remember. But I don't think it was Sean Lowe. I'm just saying that the Sean Lowe, to me, indicates the producers understand. This shit needs to be stepped up. So they're going back to... The Source. Sean Lowe lives in Dallas, and they're pulling from the Source, the most powerful lead who has ever existed.
1: Bring up the Source, boys.
0: Sean Lowe is the Source god. He is not a Source boy. He has elevated to godhood, in my opinion. Anyway, I'm just saying, that is a good sign, uh, in my opinion, and I do think they are going to put their lead back on a pedestal. They are going to protect the shit out of Zach Shawcross, and that's what we want, mm-hmm. We want to think Zach Shawcross is a catch and that all of the players there vying for his affections genuinely want those affections. If you do it in a way that you did it with Clayton Eckerd, where you pay him as a fool and a villain from frame one how are we rooting for any of these people to wind up with him? And in fact, we're not because you design the rose ceremony from hell specifically to villainize him even further. Then you destroy his relationship with Susie Evans, et cetera, et cetera. We all know how that went. I think those days are done.
1: He goes on the record to talk about how the whole thing really hurt his <laughs> yeah. mental health. Exactly. Yada, 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 yada,
0: yada. Uh, but that was a bygone cycle. We are in a new cycle now. It has begun. And I, for one, cannot wait to start covering it with you. Pace case
1: same clues it's gonna be good it's gonna be a good one if you're gonna be full optimistic i'll go full opto.
0: i'm gonna keep full opto for the whole season no matter what happens how about that
1: what yep
0: (laughs) no matter what full opto
1: you've been eating the sauce what's going on
0: (laughs) no i no i'm full opto that this season is gonna fucking reverse the past two cycles that's all I'll say. That's the state of the game.
1: All that being said, we do have some Bachelor Nation news that we'll get to.
0: <laughs> I'm staying full right. Opto. <laughs> and now let's move on to that next segment of our show in which Pace Case and I discuss some things we're watching that are not Bachelor related. This is... watching
1: what are you watching well clues as you know i've started a second podcast mm-hmm. to compete with your three podcasts uh hbo Max pod and our next season we are doing the last of us the post-apocalyptic mm. drama that will be airing january 15th on hbo max and I've been trying to prepare for this. Mm-hmm. I have not played the video game on which it is based, but I have watched Narco season one and some of season two. So to sort of get familiar with the actor. Who's okay. going to be in it.
0: Didn't you watch game of Thrones?
1: <laughs> yes, but I didn't remember him from Thrones. Oh shit. But yes, I did see that. And she's in it too. The girl, she plays the child queen. Oh yeah.
0: I forgot about that. Okay.
1: She didn't have a big role, but she made a splash. I've watched most seasons of Walking Dead, so that's some prep. And uh, because you said it reminded you of The Road, I read The Road this week, too. Which is not technically something I was watching, but I was watching it in my eyeballs as I listened to the audiobook on my Pokewalks.
0: There's also a movie, The Road.
1: I didn't watch it. Okay. I feel like I got the gist. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh I think I maybe should have read The Road before watching all of that Walking Dead, because I was just like, Mm. okay, well, where's your baseball bat covered in wires?
0: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) The Road is like the OG post-apocalyptic thing.
1: What, a baby pit roast? Okay. (laughs) Wake me up when it's... I don't know. (laughs) I was just so prepared for those, like... Those ideas. But yeah, that's what I've been watching. I recommend both of them. Narcos is very enjoyable as well. Mm -hmm. What are you watching, Clues?
0: Mainly just anime, although I have taken in a few movies. You know what I, I just finished watching, actually? This is not a movie or anime. I watched a program on Netflix called The Watcher. Have you seen this?
1: So I watched The Haunting of Hill House, which was really good, season one. And then it was recommended to watch The Watcher. And I read like, I read like the newspaper clip or the article about it. And I was like, this seems too scary. I can't.
0: Oh, it is not scary at all. It is maybe the worst (laughs) show I've ever seen in my life. The premise of this show is a family moves into this house in, I believe, New Jersey, like idyllic suburban New Jersey. It's a big, nice house. And immediately they get a letter from somebody that says, I have been watching this house For the past 20 years, it is my job to watch this house. Your family is good. The house needs fresh young blood. Thank you for bringing it. And they're like, what the fuck? And so, and they have all these nosy neighbors, and everybody in the town is like a suspect. And there's a private investigator they hire who might also be the watcher. And the whole thing is like, who's the watcher? What the fuck is going on here? There's tunnels under their house. People are coming and going. The watcher is not necessarily... uh, attached to any of these people. By the end of it, you still don't know who the fucking Watcher is. It is horribly written by Ryan Murphy. Oh, boy. And uh, it was just one of the, the worst things I've ever seen. I
1: like that. You're like, it's probably written specifically by this person. Well,
0: he's a, a giant TV producer who does a million fucking shows constantly. Maybe this was stretching him too thin. I don't know. But I watched the whole fucking thing because in the beginning, just like in Lost, they pose a very important question. Who is the Watcher? In Lost, it's, what is this island? In Lost, the answer is, we're never going to fucking tell you because we don't know. At the end of The Watcher, the answer is, we never figured it out, so neither are you. It's fucking infuriating.
1: I would argue that wasn't the Lost end, but sure.
0: I mean, we could have that argument anytime you want. That'll be your third podcast. We
1: don't want to spoil. We don't want
0: to spoil the ending of Lost.
1: (laughs) My third podcast, you and I argue about Lost. Yeah,
0: I'll do a (laughs) rewatch of Lost with you.
1: Look, I've already rewatched that show. I loved that show.
0: I did too, until the final fucking season. It's
1: such a good pilot. Walking Dead is such a good pilot too.
0: I agree. Anyway, that's what we're watching. We watched The Watcher and we watched uh has been watching, I guess, a bunch of stuff in preparation for uh for the upcoming HBO Wax presentation of The Last of Us.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's like it's stuff I would watch anyway. Like I really like reality TV, like popcorn kind of kind of vibes and then like post apocalyptic. Yeah. Shows.
0: A little salt, little pepper. You get both.
1: Yeah. You got to switch switch between the two.
0: I understand. Um, that's why I watch anime in conjunction with The Bachelor. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of The Bachelor, now we're going to move on to that portion <laughs> of our program in which we discuss all those beautiful tips. Support for today's episode comes from One Skin. If you have sensitive skin, you're going to want to hear about OneSkin's scientifically proven topical supplements. This is face, eye, body, shield, and it can all be used with any of their other products, which are free from over 1,500 chemicals and preservatives that can make skin red, irritated, or itchy. Their products are safe for sensitive skin. It's just one of the reasons they've earned the SkinSafe seal of approval.
1: You got to keep that skin glowing if you want to be keeping up the level of face play that I've got going on. And One Skin was founded by an all-woman team of scientists. Their products are backed by extensive lab and clinical data to validate their efficacy and safety on all skin types. Uh, Their topical supplements are the easiest way to keep your skin healthy and hydrated without the harsh ingredients or irritation found in other skincare products often. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code ROSES at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code ROSES. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support Gore and tell them that we sent you. Even better, gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Clues, underwear drawers, they're not organized. They're like the the Wild West, the final frontier of wardrobes. Mm. And there's no rhyme or reason to them. You got... Ones that are super old, uh, different brands, etc. You don't know what to expect. But now I have felt the buttery soft comfort of me undies. And now I want to replace the whole drawer with me undies because those are my now go-to. I'm currently wearing their long sleeve shirt and (laughs) my...
0: From the outside in, this is Bachelor Nation News. First up in Bachelor Nation News, it's that time of year again. The 30 rookies of Bachelor Season 27. Have been officially unveiled by ABC. The description of this rookie crop on the official Bachelor website reads in quotes, 30 incredible women are looking for love and are ready to find it with Bachelor Zach Shalcross when the 27th season of The Bachelor premieres Monday, January 23rd. 8, 7 Central on ABC. Watch episodes on demand and on Hulu the day following their premieres. From San Diego to Fargo to New York City and from a makeup artist to a neonatal nurse to a rodeo racer, Zach will have women from all over the country to choose from. So who are these lovely ladies? Watch the video below and scroll down to meet them.
1: In addition to the rookie roster on ABC's Bachelor website, Dark Lord Palmer was sent out by ABC to host a TikTok live event In which he introduced them to the nation the dark seeker attended the event and reported to us that it was mired with a slew of technical difficulties and restarts that lasted over an hour before the dark lord was finally audible to the parasocial crowd
0: while little is known about any of these players strategies or styles some early sleuthing by the fourth audience in the forums on reddit has revealed a photograph of what appears to be incoming player Greer Blitzer wearing a Trump sticker as well as a collection of racially insensitive comments. Details that were left out of the her official ABC bio.
1: We will be doing that in-depth breakdown of all 30 rookies' social media accounts the week before season 27 premieres.
0: Next up, in Bachelor Nation news, the youngest player to ever play in our beloved game, Bachelor season 25 socialite and New York City influence star player Kit Keenan is pivoting from the fashion world to the culinary arts. Keenan was featured in a massive article in the New York Post this week that outlined her new video series on TikTok called What's Kit Cooking, which can be viewed on her account that has 169,000 followers and over 5 million views. The series promotes meal prep for busy millennials who need help fitting healthy eating into their busy schedules. We wish Keenan luck in her new endeavor and are anxiously awaiting a collab with fellow Bachelor Nation foodie, Hannah Ann Sluss. Love to see them make some cookies together and potentially agree on the number of cookies they've made.
1: Speaking of Bachelor Nation foodies, shirtless steak connoisseur Tyler Cameron is in the news (laughs) this week after spending New Year's Eve with some heavy hitters from the nation and beyond. The Bachelorette season 15 runner-up was spotted ringing in the new year with none other than the Hills star, Kristen Cavallari. This isn't the first time they've been seen together in public, although nothing official has been confirmed about their relationship status. Video of C&C, Cavallari and Cameron? Hell yeah. Oh, cute. Dancing and drinking and dining at a New Year's Eve party surfaced on Instagram, but not just any video. This Instagram story was shot by gore girl Jason Tardick and posted to his stories before later being deleted. Congrats to Cameron and Cavallari for being photographed by the Nashville Slider host of the Trading Secrets podcast and forgetting to spend the first moments of 2023 with him and one of the goats, Caitlin Bristow.
0: Pretty impressive. I, I enjoyed this video. It looked like it was a very fun New Year's party at some kind of upscale place. I don't know where it was necessarily. Seemed like New York to me, but...
1: Yeah. It looks like they became friends through the jewelry line shoot.
0: Yeah, I think so. Friends in quotes. I am fascinated at Tyler Cameron's ability to maintain constant relevance. Mm-hmm. Season 15 of The Bachelorette ended in 2019, right? We are now four years out from that. And <laughs> oh, this dude is still. Don't say that. Why not? <laughs> That's the truth for whatever year cycles, whatever you want to call them.
1: 48 menstrual cycles. Yeah. (laughs) I'm looking into freezing my eggs. It's really on the brain.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I can tell. But I love I think we should start measuring all time in in your menstrual cycle specifically. I think that is how we should do it. But uh, congrats again to Tyler Cameron on this. Just staying relevant, hanging out, rubbing shoulders with these super famous people and these luminaries from within the nation. Up next in Bachelor Nation news, it's time for the Relationship Roundup. We had a slew of relationship developments happen over the past few weeks. Bachelorette Season 15 hardcore Christian player Luke Parker announced his engagement to Jennifer Frutiker on January 1st. The mayor of Paradise, Jordan Kimball, and his wife, Christina, revealed to Us Weekly that they are expecting their first baby this cycle, or whatever you want to call it. Mm,
1: baby mayor. (laughs) Whatever you want to call it.
0: And they're not the only members of the nation expecting. Bachelor season 17 standout villain and IFI expert, the keeper of the eternal sparkle and the uncontrollable eyebrow, Tierra (laughs) LaCosie.
1: The keeper of the eternal sparkle. I love that.
0: (laughs) She announced via Instagram that she and her husband, Brooks Brown, are expecting. Congrats to everyone this week on taking the next steps in building their relationships and their families.
1: And finally in Bachelor Nation news, some big birthdays to mention. Gabby Windy turned 32 on January 2nd. Trey Cooper turned 28 on January 2nd as well. Katie Thurston celebrated her 32nd birthday on January 3rd. Wow, everyone's 32 or just those two. Happy <laughs> birthday to everyone who is starting up their next trip around our dying sun
0: or their 50 second cycle or their whatever you want to call it.
1: Ludial phase. <laughs>
0: Oh my God! I don't know enough. That wraps up. <laughs> that wraps up the Bachelor Nation news for this week. Uh, I assume, as it always does, as our our next cycle begins, there will be much more news coming out about all of the various players who start making deep runs into season twenty seven. But now it is time to move on to discussion of all those plays that our favorite players are making off the field on their cellular devices, in that web three, in that metaverse, in that digital life where we're all headed. This is
1: the parasocial play, 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 play of the week. A lot of great plays this week. First up, Kira provided an update on her breakup with Romeo via TikTok, in which she announced that she's recovered from the breakup, doesn't care that Romeo is on Bumble, as she herself is now dating Pete Davidson and is pregnant with twins belonging to both Nick Cannon and Elon Musk. This video garnered 63.9K views, 2.9K likes, Love to see this parasocial wildcard strutting her stuff and consistently coming up with creative new ways to stay on the nation's screens. She also covered the Damar Hamlin situation and showed the fourth audience how to correctly do CPR.
0: I had no idea she was dating Pete Davidson and also pregnant with Nick Cannon and Elon Musk's babies. This was breaking news to me. I wish her well with her new family. Face play extraordinaire, Jill Chin. And Queen of the Jungle Path, Genevieve Parisi, were featured on the New England Patriots Instagram with the caption, Pats Nation, heart emoji, at Bachelor Nation. Always love to see that crossover play into the NFL. As you know, it's all the same. It's all connected. Our beloved game, the NFL, it is the same thing. And here we have proof positive through the uh, powers, the parasocial powers of Jill Chin and Genevieve Parisi. Thank you
1: notorious BIP reunion absentee Teddy Wright performed a hard launch of her new relationship via Instagram reel in which she begins with tear play and then shows romantic clips of herself with her new boyfriend. The caption reads first New Year's kiss ever. Happy New Year. Hashtag 2023. Congrats to Wright on her new relationship as well as this high level play. I like that there's, you know, she's a classic PVC player, and she's playing kind of a form of a personal virginity card with the first New Year's kiss ever.
0: Also interesting that she recognizes uh, with the hashtag 2023 the traditional understanding of time.
1: That is true. She's going, she has signed on to the 2023 (laughs) of it all. Breaking news. (laughs) Level up. Gore is going to level up in 2023. This is our New Year's resolution, and I think we've already done it.
0: (laughs) We accept that 2023 is at least accepted by everyone else, if not real. Two former crowns got into the parasocial fray this week with brilliant and powerful offerings. Katie Thurston took a stunning t jab at producers in her newest stand-up clip on Instagram in which she discusses how in repainting her house, she found so many shades of white to choose from Then she compares that selection of different whites to how Bachelor producers probably feel when choosing their new lead. The video has 24.4K likes and 804K views, and it was the audio that we played at the top of this very episode.
1: I can't wait to see where the stand-up goes from here. It's definitely like... That's going out on one one limb.
0: (laughs) I fucking love that she's doing stand-up. We've seen titterings of this kind of thing from various players about how they can be funny. There was even that group date where they had to do stand-up roasts against each other. I forget whatever season that was. Marlena Wesch famously then tried famously famously to us then tried to reprise her thing in an Instagram that kind of fell flat. But uh, I absolutely love to see her doing this. It takes um, an immense amount of courage to get up on a fucking stage and tell jokes you've written to try and make people laugh. And she's doing it and you can tell like She's just starting out, but I don't just for my money, for my money personally, she got some chops. If she keeps at this shit and like practices, she could be good. Totally.
1: She already got 804k views. That's more than 99% of stand-up comedians. But
0: I mean, that that's a well-written <laughs> joke that's delivered pretty well. It's like, there's something there. I think if she sticks with this, like, could you imagine if she becomes a legit fucking standup? Yes. <laughs> I know. Me too. I want to see it happen so fucking bad. I'd love to see her get a sitcom or something. Fuck. How about a sitcom starring, hear me out, Katie Thurston, Jill Chin, Kira Mengistu.
1: Sign me up. I thought for some reason you were going to say Tommy the cat and it's just like <laughs> her and this cat. That
0: talks. <laughs> Tommy has CGI'd his mouth. is like fucking saying shit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, it's shot just like HBO's Girls, except it's just her oh, and Tommy God. the cat.
0: Well, there, there was that old show, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. She had a cat that would talk to her. Oh, yeah. Remember that? That was fun. Yeah.
1: Look, we love Haley Thurston doing stand-up. It is, it's not something that we have seen any... Like bachelor alum that I can think of, really delve that deep into. So I mm-hmm. hope, I hope it does take off. Uh, however, there can only be one winner for parasocial play of the week. Tough comp this week. Our parasocial play of the week goes to former crown Rachel Lindsay. She posted a hilarious Instagram reel slash TikTok to the sound of her dancing and gesturing to the sound, nope, nope, as she blocks and pushes off her sister and her paramour, Brian Abasolo, to the Chiron when they ask you if your little sister is going to be on The Bachelor, with the caption, nope, not, nah, non, no, and then two arms crossed emoji, streaming tears emoji, hand over the mouth emoji, hashtag sorry, not sorry. The post has 447k views and 20k likes on Instagram and 153,000 views on TikTok. I rarely laugh out loud at any parasocial play period and this had me bawling. It's so simple and effective and I I love to see it.
0: I couldn't agree with you more. And it's we know Rachel Lindsay is who she is. We know she is powerful in virtually everything that she does inside and outside of the nation. But every once Mm -hmm. in a while, she'll just crack through with something like this where you're like, oh, yeah, she's fucking incredible. It's it's hilarious. And we know that she's funny. If you listen to her podcast with Van Lathan, Higher Learning, you know, she's funny. You know, he's fucking funny. Mm -hmm. But again, every once in a while, she just fires off something like this. That's a, a little thing like a fuck you to The Bachelor. I got out and look what I'm doing and I can still shit on you. It's just fantastically done. Congratulations to Rachel Lindsay. And now. Let's move on to that portion of our program in which we discuss the parasocial plays of the non-humans within our nation. This is the Parasocial Creature of of the Week. Had a lot of good ones here. We got Dark Lord Palmer lounging around on Instagram with Lulu, his Aussie Doodle. We got Susie Evans dedicating an entire reel to her dog Blue. But the winner of this week's Parasocial Creature of the Week comes from a rookie. From the upcoming season 27. Allie from Atlanta posted her official photo for the upcoming season, but she took the opportunity to use the post not as self promotion, but to promote her dog's Instagram account with the caption, At that dude, Texas, are you ready to meet your new dad? Hashtag The Bachelor premieres January 23rd on ABC, hashtag Bachelor Nation. Texas, the dude is Allie's golden doodle, who has his own page with 102 followers. He's incredibly cute. But with a mom as parasocially savvy as Allie, we are expecting those numbers to grow as the season begins. Congrats to Allie. Congrats to Texas the Dude. Your first entry into the nation got you the parasocial creature of the week.
1: Congratulations. Texas. It looks like you're going to be winning. I mean, look at this lobster picture. I know. Looks like he's going to be so a winner like multiple times. Like, I, I yeah. love doodles. They're, I can't help it. They're so cute. Oh my God. Him with the easy cheese. Oh God, <laughs> his little sweater on. He's got a bunch of sweaters.
0: Definitely check out Texas the Dude. His Instagram account is at that dude D-O-O-D Texas. You will fall in love immediately.
1: I mean, uh, this is making me root for her. Allie.
0: I agree. I want to see more of Texas. (laughs) Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered mineral filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in.
1: Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist recommended. This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to Canopy.com. .co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim?
0: Now, it is time for us to move on to the final portion of our program. This is, of course, the portion in which Pace Case and I jump from the highest lip of the pit and fall into the deepest depths where we will issue forth our screams about how this fandom, how our interaction with our beloved game has altered our lives. This is... Screams Screams from from the the Pit!
1: clues. We've been off for a little bit. So obviously the screams have been building up in a pile. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You know, under my Christmas tree, there's a bunch of screams. Uh, You know, I got these bachelor socks for Christmas. What?
0: What? What do you mean? What's on them?
1: Jake's cousin and his wife got me these socks that i guess were just like fan uploaded to the socks website but they they have got matt james's face they've got rachel Reckia's face and then they say like here for the right reasons and like i just can't and like all these bachelor phrases on him
0: but the only two faces that that are pictured are matt james and rachel Reckia.
1: yeah it doesn't interesting I, i don't I mean, There might be other faces. I haven't looked at them super closely, but it was the present. I was like, yes, I, I wore them immediately. They're already in the wash. Fantastic. Uh, also got a notebook that says dig deep on it.
0: Oh, I like that.
1: But my real scream, the main present is that I had a bachelor dream. Mm. And look, I don't remember very many details of it, but I do remember the important parts, which are that I was on The Bachelor And I was a night one girl. And in this dream, I was also from a small town. So I was, I just viscerally remember mostly just the feeling that I had disappointed my whole small hometown and bachelor clues. And that's like all (laughs) I knew. I was like getting out of it. It was like, I was traveling home and I was just living with this shame.
0: Yeah. That's like uh, those dreams you have when you're like back in junior high. I have these dreams sometimes. And it's like you're about to go try out for the baseball team, but you forgot your baseball glove. How the fuck are you going to catch a ground ball without your baseball (laughs) glove? I've had those dreams. They suck. But the fact that you have somehow your brain has like woven that through The Bachelor. Fascinating.
1: I don't know who The Bachelor was. I don't remember who the other players were, but I just remember this deep sense of shame. And it really, you know, I I, I could identify with that. Being a night one, it's tough.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, that's got to be, in terms of like experiences on the show, I feel like that's got to be one of the worst ones. You know, but for all the night one girls that are about to experience their watch back, I will just say this to you. Look at what grocery did. Do what grocery did. Become grocery do groceries thing be like grocery
1: (laughs) it's like restaurant i don't know how many times i need how can i be clearer
0: (laughs) grocery did something that no one thought was possible but what he did really was pave the way for anyone who's a night one guy or girl to get a million instagram followers to come back again and again on BIP to become an official Bachelor Nation podcast host. If you go out night one, your run in this game is not over. Rest assured. So again, to all the night one girls who are about to have to sit down with their friends and watch themselves not get a rose at that first rose ceremony, it ain't done. You ain't over yet. Keep that in mind.
1: And you know, like you can do, I remember Cassandra Suarez was a night one girl and she made a bunch of viral TikToks after that. Like, you can stay in the parasocial light as long as you want, as long as you keep making that content. Doesn't matter how far you go.
0: Absolutely. All eyes will be on you for a moment. Take that moment and extend it as long as you can. Speaking of extending things as long as you can, my scream has to do with a number 4,000 is the number.
1: 69.
0: Whoa. You know what? That was on uh, Love is Blind. Do you remember that? There was somebody that was in the pods when they were very first talking. And they the only thing they showed of her, she was a forgotten. The only thing that they showed of her was <laughs> that she liked 69ing. And that was yeah, it. Her
1: favorite position. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, God, that's the night one of Love is Blind, isn't it?
0: Essentially, yeah. Um, But no, my scream has to do with this number 4,000. I've been working a little bit on an article that is kind of about the state of Bachelor Nation. How did we get to the point, kind of what we were talking about up top with State of the Game? How did we get to a point of these last two years that were just like so abusive and it seems like the producers have lost their way and the format of the show is suffering and all these things? How did we get to that point? So I started writing this article because I wanted to just put it out there almost as a, a record of what I'm seeing as you and I have gone through the history of this game, I think probably more deeply than anybody else to really look at like the evolution of it. And I don't think this kind of stuff is being written about. So I was like, fuck it. I'm going to write it.
1: Yeah. If not you, then who?
0: Exactly. And, uh, I think I might've mentioned it on our show a couple of times and had somebody from the pit reach out to me and say that she helps kind of place these articles and she would help me get this somewhere. And so I was like, oh, that'd be great. You know, let me work on this article, whatever. And we had a little conversation Mm -hmm. about the article should be roughly 800 to a thousand words. I was like, okay, I can do that. I
1: know where this is going.
0: So I start writing it and I get to 975 (laughs) words and I'm like, can I wrap this up in you know, maybe another two or three hundred words. Maybe it could be twelve fifty. That's not that bad. Cut to two weeks later. The article is now over four thousand words and I don't know how to make it shorter. I don't know what can be taken out of it because it is also important. The, The trajectory of when this really started to where we are now, there are pieces of this that twist and turn, that build upon each other, that I think are necessary to tell the accurate story of where we are. What is the state of Bachelor Nation? And I simply cannot remove these things.
1: You know what website I think will will publish 4.1k words of yours? What's that? Gameofroses.co <laughs> Okay.
0: <laughs> sure. Thanks for that. Jesus. I would hope that that's the case. No,
1: I believe in you. I think it'll get picked up. I think you're going to have a bidding war after this scream.
0: A bidding war for zero dollars. It is 4,220 words. Um, Mm -hmm. Can I cut it down? Maybe. Should I? I don't think so. And that's where the (laughs) scream lies. Like most of this might be minutia. I don't know. Is this just a -hmm. a full article of minutia alarms? It's possible, but not to fucking me. Because to me, every word of this shit is integral. It is the history of it.
1: That's where you get an editor in there.
0: But what are they going to cut out? And the editor has to at least understand the game at the same level you and I do. Because if they're like, I don't know, you could probably cut this out. This isn't that important. I'll be like, what the fuck are you talking about? It's not important. Teddy Wright walking off of Bachelor in Paradise season eight without saying goodbye to everybody on the beach, a silent protest to the producers to say, you can't have any more footage of me, motherfuckers. That's not important. That's very important. But I can see how somebody wanting to cut this down would say it's not. And I get it. That's maybe a minutiae alarm, but it's historical record. And to me, in the writing of this, I became very aware of the fact that I'm just, I'm too deep in it. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Is the question I can't answer. But I am too deep in it.
1: Here's the problem. I am too deep also, because I I I know this, and you and I have written a gigantic tome together that we also <laughs> tried know. to cut down to make it more fun and less textbook, etc. And I think we did a sufficient job, but it's still it's a dense read.
0: <laughs> but I mean, this is really the the screen behind the screen here is. The way you and I approach this thing, and I think the way many people actually approach it is like other people approach pro sports. That these, it's not frivolous. This is not like guilty pleasure, dumb TV, trash TV. This is like, it's as important to American culture and potentially global culture as sports are. And it, in my opinion, should be treated like that academically. It should mm-hmm. be really analyzed at a hardcore fucking level and to try and boil down what has happened even in the last two years in our beloved game, the cycles we talked about up top, let alone, as I see it, going back to season 18 when they created the first villain Bachelor in the edit Juan Pablo Galavis. to cut that down to, to in some way say like, ah, that doesn't matter. Let me just talk about the fun, funny stuff. It does a disservice to the game itself and to our fandom of it, to how plugged into this we actually are which I don't think is a bad thing. I do think The Bachelor and all reality television is an important part of American culture, an important part of media culture, perhaps the most important part of it at this point in this, in quote, cycle of 2023. (laughs) But uh, I don't know. That's my scream. I couldn't cut this fucking article down. And again, I started Mm -hmm. writing it knowing that it was supposed to be 800 to 1,000 words. It wound up being 4,200. And I I don't know how to make it shorter.
1: Maybe you... Record yourself reading the article. You zoom up the the speech, make it real fast. Make it a TikTok.
0: <laughs> okay, I'll look into that as a possibility. But look, uh, I'm just
1: trying to think like a Gen Z. Sure. No clues. I, I I am very excited that you are writing about it on this level. I think it's necessary. I think that the amount of research that goes into other sports and the length of those articles is outstanding. Like I've dated several people that are into sports and they just research and they could be researching all the time.
0: Yeah, exactly. And the longer the history exists, the more there is to research and draw parallels and connections between why this happened or what's happening now or blah, blah, blah. But uh, that is my screen. And now we got one more screen for you. Every week in this week in Bachelor Nation, we pick a scream from our Discord, which you can access by going to patreon.com slash game of roses. And this scream comes to us from user NPNZK. We're going to play it for you now, and then we are going to discuss. Here we go.
1: High-paced case includes, for the purposes of this scream, let's say that my name is Nicole. And mine is Emily. We're longtime friends and fans of the show. A few months ago, while watching the exasperating Wendekia season finale, we took matters into our own hands. We turned to our friend, let's call him Mike, and said, we're nominating you right here, right now for The Bachelorette. Mike is hotter than your average guy who lives in a trailer down by the river and we truly think he would be a perfect player. Fast forward to three weeks ago and Mike gets an email from a Bachelorette producer. When he didn't respond within 48 hours, they called and texted begging him to complete his application ASAP. Desperate much? Naturally, Nicole and I took over. We wrote his application ourselves and curated an excellent portfolio of pictures. As casting reviews his final application, we're creating a syllabus for him so that he's fully equipped to make a deep run. Mike is genuinely excited about the prospect of finding love. So for TRR. But rest assured that we, as all-star coaches with your book and wisdom in hand, will be pulling all the strings. We love Mike dearly, but we'll also, unfortunately, be savoring his suffering.
0: Praise Praise be be our beloved beloved game. This is fascinating. First of all, thank you for this beautiful scream and good luck to Mike. I'll just say that. I love that there are now tiers of coaching happening below us.
1: You're remote training people.
0: (laughs) Yes. But I'm also now playing against this person they're training. You understand that? Mm. mike again good luck (laughs) that's all i'll say i don't know how good the coaching is going to be here
1: or if you've trained them well enough they'll team up
0: possibly that that is a possibility and i would also say to mike and to these two coaches if you want to tailor a strategy let me know my dms are always open but this is fascinating we cannot thank you enough For taking coaching on as your own hobby, your own side hustle, as it were, and helping your friend, in quotes, Mike, uh, get into the show. It's fascinating. And let me just tell you this. If he gets selected, if he goes in, you are going to have the ride of your fucking lives waiting for him to come out of that season when they take away his phone and you will lose contact with him for X amount of months. And every day that you wake up and you haven't gotten a call or a text from him, you know, he's still in the game. There is nothing like that. There is nothing like that drug getting pumped straight into your fucking veins. And then when he finally does come out and you get to see what happened and you get to hear the reality of what happened in that season. And then you get to watch the watch back and see what happens in the edit. When things that you know happened are never referenced, they are cut out of existence or vice versa. Things that never happened are manufactured in the fucking episode. You're you're about to have, I think, your best experience with the show once Mike gets into the game. Congratulations on uh, taking on this endeavor.
1: 100% they're going to have their best experience. They're, I mean... Mike, you're lucky to have such good friends as Nicole and Emily. That's all I'll say because I think the competition isn't as stiff for men and there is the opportunity to just become the superstar. He could be Tyler Cameron. He could be CNC.
0: That is Ugh. quite possible. And playing a, a strong yeah. 4TRR game uh, in The Bachelorette is pretty much generically always the way to go. Yeah. But I, I'm curious. I'm not very curious about who this Mike person is and what his tailor-made strategy is, what limo exits you've come up with for him. Um, if he will be allowed to do them by producers, if he is ready at all for the hurricane of twists and turns that will be foisted upon him because it is not an easy game. That much I have learned in my seasons of coaching.
1: Yeah, you can do all the prep you want, but... uh,
0: Adaptability is key, Mike. Just keep that in mind.
1: Adaptability is key.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But thank you, NPNZK for uh, this dual scream and for this incredible work that you're doing in the pit. A new generation of coaches is now emerging using uh, the baseline information that we have in our book, How to Win the Bachelor. I, I absolutely love this scream. Thank you so much.
1: It's beautiful. And as someone who has tried to get people I know to sign up, and recruit them. It's a hard process to get your friend to actually commit and submit the application, let alone be in contact with producers. So you're already (laughs) already a step ahead of the game in coaching.
0: And Mike, if you're listening, one piece of advice. You may think that you're not playing the game until you step out of that limo. That ain't true. You're playing it now. As soon as a producer contacts you, you are playing the game. They are trying to manipulate you into thinking they are your friends. That is not true. Keep that in mind at every step of the way and know that you are playing. Everything that you do now is building the character they are going to use for your narrative in that season. So be very careful about every interaction you have with them. That's the last bit of a free advice I'll give you. And uh, good luck.
1: Yeah, feel free to feel free to reach out for more tids.
0: Good luck next season. That's all I'll say, Mike. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You're going to start having coach rivalries.
0: Well, I mean, it already exists, but it's good natured. It's good natured. If Mike succeeds, if I'm not going to use any names, if anyone else succeeds, I'll be happy either (laughs) way. Um, But thank you again for that scream. And thanks, everybody, for joining us for this week in Bachelor Nation. We're going to be back on Monday with a very special Digging Deeper. The last Digging Deeper. Before everything changes and Dark Lord Harrison enters the the podcast fray with his podcast, what is it? The most dramatic podcast in podcast history or something? The most dramatic podcast ever, it's called.
1: Relationships part two. It's
0: called Lauren Zima's Relationships, also the most dramatic relationships ever.
1: But... Yeah, level gore is our, our New Year's motto, is level up gore and level up your gore fandom this year. Get in our Patreon, submit your screams, just let it take hold of you and and really really soak it up.
0: There is power in the surrender. But thank you again everyone for joining us for this week in Bachelor Nation and we'll be back with that digging deeper on Monday. We will be back with our final recap of Love's Blind Season 3 on Tuesday. We will be back with a twibbon the following that same week and then it begins. We go to the the rookies Instagram accounts and our season is afoot. But before we go as always what is that Dwa bat?
1: It has been 7,591 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be Dark Lord Palmer.
0: please review this podcast please get a friend to listen to us and then